You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our Life Crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Nathan Peternell. This week, we're going to really talk about how we share our faith, kind of the playbook of, of how we share our faith. And this is something different. You see Pastor Nathan and I up here, but little do you guys know, three years ago, uh, four, no, four years ago in the fall, um, I was over at Noblesville. The first message I ever preached at Life Church was when we were walking through Nehemiah, and Pastor Nathan and I also uh, did a uh, uh, co-preaching little gig, and so it's kind of going back to my roots for me, so it's a little nostalgic going on here, but uh, it, it's a great honor. I used to watch tag team wrestling. Did anybody ever watch tag team that's wrestling? that's what we're doing up here. We're that's tag it. team wrestling. That's it. Maybe we, maybe we should have to, you know, hand <laughs> off. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, last week was, was how we share our faith. This week, the title of the message is, This Is My Story. So if you if you got notes on the way in, if you didn't raise your hand, make sure we'll, we'll get some to you. Um, but I said something last week, I'm going to share it again. I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. I think that is such a such a uh, important piece. It's the, the manner in which we live that, that people come to know us. God is uh, he, he's one who, who goes after that which was lost. Luke 15 talks about three different things of the lost. The lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son. And that just shows his heart that he goes after that who is lost. Those who are lost. That which was lost. But then when we are found, we don't just say, hey, we're found. We're going to go and just, just rest here. It's, it's hey, we got, we're on offense now. Let's, we join the search committee and then we go find those. Just because the heart of the Father is to find that which was lost, it, it becomes our heart as well. To find that which was lost and bring them to know Jesus. Yeah. And so much of what we're doing um, is is as you're letting the Lord work in your life, I, you know, I, I, I get to meet people every week and I ask them, how did you find us? And one of my most favorite things to hear is, it was a friend who brought me, yeah. right? It was a friend who brought me. Um, as, as we're living our Christian walk, there, it should be something that, that's going on inside of us that other people are getting attracted to, almost like a spiritual jealousy. Almost like, hey, what you have, I want how do I get that? I was uh, talking to Beth today, and she's, kind of, she's been coming for about six months. She's just become part of our church. And she said she got saved in 1970. Uh, there was a, just a bunch of uh, uh, problems going in her house. She escaped out of her house, went to a Nazarene church, heard the gospel, gave her life to the Lord. And her life began to change. And her mother looks at her and says, whatever you have, I want it too and gave her life to the Lord. That's, that's what should happen. That's, that's what should happen. And, you know, being attractive and is just really, it's not about us. It's about what Jesus did. It was, it, you know, just flowed out of her mouth. It was all the Lord. The Lord did this. At, at Life Church, we're trying to live in a way that doesn't draw attention to to, to us as people, but to the Lord that we serve, right? He's the one that deserves all the glory for when good things happen, we give him all the glory. But you have to tell God, you know, tell people what God's doing in your life. They, they, they want to know. More people want to have spiritual conversations than you think. And you just got to give it a shot. And what we're hoping to do with this, this short series is give you courage, 
You got to take your courage. That's what it means to encourage your heart. Take your courage and begin to share what God's doing for you. Yeah, that's good. First uh, Peter chapter two says, "But you are the you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work." I highlighted, I highlighted priestly work. Uh, I highlighted it because uh, it goes to show for me is that hey, once you come to, into a relationship with the Lord, like you're, we're all called. It's just not, it's not just the pastors and the preachers, but every single one of you are called for the priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. It's as simple as sharing your story. The title of the message is, this is my story. Well, just share your story. How, how did God impact you? How was how did that difference, how was that night and day difference? What was it like for you? And just sharing that with those around you. Yeah. And, and, and in Acts uh, chapter 1 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. We're called to be his witness, his witness in this world. Yep. It's, it's about sharing the hope that we have. That's what we got to do. I mean, we're, we're not lost in darkness. We have hope. We have a reason to, to, to wake up every morning. I hope that when you wake up in the morning, that the kingdom of God is on your mind, how you're going to serve him today. Remember, I, and I love that you pointed that out. The Bible says that we're a priesthood of believers. It's not, it's, and this happens so many times, and we have to destroy this mentality at Life Church. If you come from another church and you brought this mentality, we want you to let that mentality go. But it's the mentality that the people that are on the platform are the holy people. No, we're all holy. We're all holy. We're a priesthood of believers. It's all of our job every day. You may be a pharmacist. You might be a school teacher. You, I don't know, whatever your job is, but you're all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're all ministers. Every day you go into the darkness and you have to share the hope that you have. But you have to tell people what you came from. You, you have to recognize your need for Christ. If you're, if, if, if you can't come to the, you know, just be able to share, Hey, this is where I was. This is, I, I realized how broken I was. People need to hear that. How many, how many of you have ever met people that they think that the people behind the doors of the church think they're better than everybody else, but we're not better than everyone else. We're just delivered and they haven't experienced that yet. Right? So you have to share where you've come from and don't be afraid um, to, to share the, the parts that are ugly. It's not who you are, it's who you were, right? Uh, I, I met a guy over in, um, I, I met him over in the UAE and this, his, his pastor was phenomenal. Um, in Syria, when all the bombs were falling, this guy would not close his church. So you think about COVID and sniffles. Right, this guy's got missiles landing all around him in Syria, uh, and 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 he was blind, and he was and and he limped, and and but he was pastoring over there, and God told him, "Look, I'm going to use you. Here's the two things I need from you. I need you to meet with me every day. Secondly, I just need you to know, forget those things which are beh but behind you, and only look forward." 
The enemy always wants you to look back so he can undermine you and tell you that you can't be used. But God's word says we look forward. So you can share the part of your story that was ugly because it only glorifies the one who changed your story. Amen. That's good. Uh, uh, when we talk about sharing the hope we have, I, I have a short story, and it was actually really recent. Uh, Pastor Chris Hodges, about a, over a year ago, I heard this message, and, and uh, he said, I would, the saying he says to people is, I wish you had my peace. And I was like, oh. It's like, okay, I, I kind of like it. I dig it. And, uh, and, and basically, all I have to say, probably about a month ago, I went and took, I had two propane tanks I had to exchange with the Dollar General. The Dollar General lapel is not a good Dollar General. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can get an amen for that. <laughs> it just, uh, it, it just uh, they don't have enough people working there. They put in their own... Uh, uh, like self-checkout thing, but you can never find anybody who's working. And I needed to do exchange it, but I needed a worker to be able to exchange it. And uh, so I, I go, I walk through the aisles, the maze, and I find somebody. I say, hey, can I exchange these real quick? And the guy, he was like, yeah, just squeeze the, they don't have a bell, they got a dog toy. You just squeeze the dog toy. And, uh, <laughs> so I squeeze it, nobody comes. So he comes back, and he's like, this is like, oh, this is so, and he's like, choice words, all these different things, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wild language that he's throwing around just in frustration. And then we get outside and he goes, and, he's, and he apologizes. And he's like, hey, I'm sorry. It's, I, I just, I'm just doing everybody's job here and it's really frustrating. And, and I remembered that message. I wish you had my peace. And I look at him and I said, man, I wish you had my peace. And he looked at me like I just like said something terrible. He was like, what? Like, like so off basis. And, and I was like, well, my peace comes from the Lord. I said, uh, I used to get as frustrated as you when I had to do all these other things. I said, but now I just look at it and I just like, I get to do this. Like, this is fun. I get to serve this person or this person in that way. And uh, I, I just wish you had my peace. And, and so I talked with him just briefly. Short conversation. I didn't lead him to the Lord in that way, but uh, I planted a seed. And then along the way, other people will come across and, and they're going to be planting seeds and watering that a little bit more, a little bit more. And I believe one day that he's going to come to the board. And it's all about just sharing that hope that we have. And 1 Peter 3 says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. This isn't saying you have to have all the answers when somebody comes and, and asks you a question. You don't have to have every single answer. You just have to give an account for the hope that is in you. And so, so where does that hope come from? And Pastor Nathan kind of touched on it, but the first thing is how I realized I needed Christ. How do we share our hope? We start with realizing and just explaining. How did I realize I needed Christ? And, and for all of us, it, it may look a little bit different, but the second step is how I committed my life to Christ. Because a lot of times people don't really always know, like, I got to check all these boxes or anything uh, about like how I actually gave my life to Christ. But uh, that's, the, that's the second step. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that, you know, you got to tell them, don't, don't just tell them, yeah, I was, I was bad and now I'm good. Tell them how he got there, right? Uh, tell, tell them that, that Jesus made all the difference. You know, uh, one of the, the I, I love history uh, and I love stories that help remind me of truths. And for me, this one is um, Harriet Tubman. Uh, she's called the Moses of her people. If you know the story of the Underground Railroad where slaves were down south and they had to get up across the Mason-Dixon line to be free. Um, she, she had to leave behind what was there and take massive risks. And she's able to get across that line. She, she ends up in Pennsylvania. She's free. 
And then she starts thinking about all the people that aren't free. And it bothers her, right? It bothers her that her own people don't know that, hey, this is great that I've experienced this. What made a difference? Well, I had to cross a line. And that crossing that line for us spiritually is committing our life to Jesus Christ. It's, it's finding freedom in him. I went from slavery to sonship. I, 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 I found freedom in Christ. And you have to commit your life to Jesus Christ. Tell them what you did. Because a lot of people, it's not just religion. And we need to be very careful as we're telling people not to make them think, oh, yeah, I got religious. I hate that word. Right? No, I had a relationship with Jesus Christ who set me free, draws all the attention back to him and draws the attention to the cross. It draws attention to the cross and, 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 and what the Lord has done. So get them to that. And I, I always think too about this. We've got to get aggressive about helping people see these, these points, where I was, what I did, and the difference that it makes. Because I think about Harriet Tubman again. She had a, a real desire that people get free. Do you know that she carried a pistol? Most people don't talk about that. She carried a pistol, and it wasn't to shoot at Confederates. It was to put the pistol in, their, <laughs> in the ribs of the people she was trying to rescue. She's like, you need courage. Come on, let's go. Right? I've been on the other side. I've had freedom. Now, I'm not recommending we pull pistols on people to get them safe. But I am just telling you there's an urgency that happens when he goes, I want you to be free because I'm free. I know what it's like in freedom. And you, you bring it all back to what Jesus did when you committed your life to him. Yeah, that, that, that's good. Um, there's enough pistols in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people in Christ. Uh, no. The, the second thing that I want to share with you is, is the, 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 the playbook. So we, we talked about um, sharing the hope we have. The second part is to share our church. Share my church. It's simple as that. And, and here's the thing. There's no perfect church. You're never going to find a perfect church. Uh, we, we have our own issues that we, we know about. Lots of issues. <laughs> and, we, and we work on them every single week, every single day. We're always looking to get better, 1% better every single week. Um, but... But sharing the church is, is the, biggest, the, the, the biggest part that I think that we don't necessarily talk enough about. Um, and, and we as a church, I mean, this is our first, really our first evangelism message, at least this year, mm -hmm. uh, that we've been, been able to share with you guys. But here's one thing. The church is never too big or too small as long as heaven and hell are realities. Amen. So it doesn't matter where the Lord takes us. I believe that the Spirit is here and He's going to continue to increase our, our influence and enlarge our territory. And this room's going to get filled up. We're going to go to two to three services maybe. I don't know what the Lord's going to do, but it doesn't matter how big this campus may get or Life Church as a whole may get as long as heaven and hell are realities. And we all have a part to play. We all have a part to play in that. And, and, and we just have to be able to share our church. And uh, Luke 14 says, and the master said to the slave, go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. Simple. He wants his house filled. I, uh, I, I grew up in a really small church. Uh, my, my dad and mom pastored a church and it was 30 people. And I remember I had bad bad ideas about big churches, right? I thought that, oh, big churches have quantity, but they don't have quality. And I, I read a book called The Purpose Driven Church that actually really changed my heart on that. And it made me repent because how can we not want to grow? 
when people are going to hell. Like we're, we're, we're populating heaven and robbing hell. How could we ever say, no, the size of our church is good enough. And that's why at Life Church, like, I, I'm so glad that Devin reacted the way he did today. I'm so glad you reacted the way you did because all I could think about, because I could hear your voices coming from behind me, and I was just thinking, man, I'm so proud of this Pendleton campus. Proud of your leadership, Pastor Ross. I'm proud of all of those, those other leaders. You've been following the Lord for a while, but you stepped up. And I, I just got thinking to myself, how many were a part of Life Church before um, the, the Pendleton campus got started? How many, how many, well, let me ask this question. How many of you came new since the Pendleton campus has been started? Would you just raise your hand? Yeah, lots of lives changed. You know, this, this uh, Pastor Ross was telling me about this cross back here and people come to the Lord and who we're inviting and who we're sharing with. That's, you're not, you're not just saying, hey, you get, you get saved and Jesus does everything for you and he, he does do everything, but isn't it amazing that he put us in community with one another? And it's a lot, it's a lot easier to fight the enemy as an army than it is as Rambo. God never called us to be a, a, a lone wolf unto ourselves. He's called us to do this thing together. And so we have to always, you can't depend on advertising to build the church, although we advertise. Some of you have come because you've heard WIBC ads or you've come because of Channel 40 or something like that. You've seen a sign. But do you know that 60, they, they used to say it was 85% of all uh, people who came to church came from friends inviting friends. That's how powerful that is. Today, because of the internet and because of advertising, that number has gone down, but it's still 65%. So you, you just have to realize how incredibly uh, powerful your invitation to somebody really is. Um, but sometimes invitations can get weak, you know? Uh, if we don't set some timelines to things, people don't necessarily come. It's kind of a loose thing. Oh, I hope you come by my church someday. That's nice. But it's not nearly as effective as saying, I'm going to pick you up at 8.30. We're going to go out to breakfast. We're going to go over, and I'm going to introduce you to 10 people. You're going to have a blast. you love my church. Do you see the difference between it? Right? One, I like to say, sometimes invitations are weak, but bring-vitations are powerful. So can we bring people and just get them through the door to let them experience the love that we have? And, and that, just so you know, every seat in this place has been prayed for before you ever come in on Sunday morning. Our services don't start on Sundays. They start on Saturday mornings when we, our prayer warriors get together and they're praying to the north, the south, the east, and the west, whomever the Holy Spirit's drawing. Lord, send them here, right? And if you're not praying for people, then you, you, you got to understand prayer is the, it's the, it's the power. It's the nuclear power behind the whole thing. When you came in, you had to pray first card and that was sitting on your chair. I hope you fill that out. This past week, Pastor Ross, I was over at Noblesville. Somebody came up and told me this story, all the prayer cards. And I know you do this too, put the prayer cards out and people grab the prayer cards and they start praying over And there. Here's a place for a name and a cell number. And this this one lady, she's really drawn to this particular card. It has a phone number on it. She picks it up. She just, she's praying over this person. And, and then she walks up to, to Jeff Mahoney, who leads, or leads our prayer team over there and, and says, hey, this has a number on it. Is it okay if I call this person? 
And uh, he said, well, if it has a number, I guess it's okay. Yeah, go ahead and do it. And so praise for this person. The next day, the person on the card walks into prayer in the afternoon, gives their life to Jesus. One day of praying, right? So you, you don't know what God's going to do. But, but we, we, don't, we don't do anything that we don't. We're not praying over it because it's the power. And prayer is really, it's not changing God's opinion. Do you think God had to be convinced that person, that he wanted that person to be saved? No. The Bible says that God's willing that none should perish. Prayer isn't changing God's mind. Prayer is changing you. Because when you're praying, hey, God, I, I'm praying for this unsaved loved one that, that, that I know that you, you, wanna, you want them in your kingdom. And I know they'd be a powerhouse for you if they could just get saved. And Lord, I, I, I just ask that you would, would you take the blinders off their eyes? Would you give them a revelation of, of, of wisdom and, and knowledge of who you are? And would you send Christians across their path? Uh-oh. That would be me. <laughs> you know, like God starts to get a hold of you. And don't, don't forget, we don't know. Who else has been prayed for? And just like you said, you planted a seed. But, but somebody's been praying for that guy before you ever ran into him. And now the question is, will we be the Christian that's supposed to come across their path? And will we open our mouth? Yeah. Amen. Uh, what I want you guys to do, this one on your seats for a reason, because I honestly want you to, to take the time before you leave today, write down the names of loved ones or, or coworkers, friends, whatever it may be that... that, that that you know are far from God, that are lost. Because we as a church are going to be praying for them. We have 21 days of work. We're, we're in our last week of 21 days of prayer, which is 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. I want all of you here, honestly. Uh, it's not just a, another thing to come to. I, I call it a prayer service. I mean, it's just like a Sunday service, but we're just praying the whole time. And it's awesome and it's powerful, but we're going to be praying as a church. We're going to continue. We're not going to stop with 21 days of prayer. It's over. We're, we're here every Saturday from 8 to 9. Um, but when we talk about sharing our church we add value to them, and then uh, and then we want to, uh, or and when we add value to them, sorry, what what the, what I say with that is we, we come to life, connect, go find your purpose, make a difference. Uh, come to life is just hey, come come to life church. Like you need you you need God. We want you to know God and and connect and grow is our life group. It's life group Sunday. That's all the balloons you couldn't tell, all the signups. It's life group Sunday here. When, when we're talking, when you're sharing the church, hey, what is it that, that your church is doing exactly? Like uh, sharing, hey, we have these life groups going on. We have, by the way, we have 11 life groups going on here at Pendleton, and we have on average 85, uh, 85 probably people. That is a very good amount of life groups that are happening. There's no reason that you shouldn't be involved in a life group. Amen. I'm going to be completely honest with you. But life groups aren't limited to just that of life church. They're, they they, they could be from coworkers, friends, family members, people who may, may have a hard time getting here on a Sunday because maybe they work on Sundays. Uh, you can get them into a life group that meets during the week and allow the Lord to minister and the Holy Spirit's going to be present and He's going to still move in their lives. So we need to add value. And then, and then the final step of sharing the church is, well, simply inviting you. We have uh, most of you, maybe if you didn't get them on the way in, you're definitely going to get them on the way out. I want you to. It's a pack of five, deck of cards. Uh, I left space on the back if you want to write a personal note, but they all have a different saying on the front. 
This, this is, there's a place for you in the kingdom. Uh, there's a whole number of different uh, things on the front, but I want you to take these. I want you to actually use them. Don't just take them, put them, in, put them in your glove box or in your pocket and forget about them. Like, carry them with you because wherever you go, whether you go out to eat at a gas pump, I know when we did Easter invites, uh, Phil, <laughs> Phil told me he took those cards and he put them in the credit card slot at the gas pump. <laughs> <laughs> Take it out and how to put your hands on it. These won't fit because they're a little bit big. I should have thought about that. <laughs> uh, but invite them to church. Guys, we, we have a, a couple weeks coming up that, that I think that are going to be very, very uh, impactful for the people. There's a lot of drama. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, um, I, I had a conversation with the lady this last week. You talked about adding value before you invite them to church. Um, and, and then life groups in particular, 11, you have 11 life groups happening at the Pendleton campus. Two of those groups are called freedom groups. And, um, there was this lady that called me this last week. She said, I have uh, a really close friend, man, she's struggling with God. She's got two adult sons, 21 years old. One is just terribly addicted to, to drugs. And, um, She's telling me about her friend, and our friend really hasn't come to church since COVID. And, and as I'm talking to this lady in our church, I said, have you done a freedom group? And she, she said, no, what's a freedom group? So, I, or, so at that point, I thought, I'll call her because I don't type this fast. So I, I called her, and it's telling her about a freedom group and what you're going to get out of it. And I said, you know, I know you want your friend to you know, to begin to see their life restored. And they've got all kinds of problems, like, you know, what they see in their sons. But the first thing you need to do is get healthy yourself, go through freedom, and see if you would invite your friend to come. Would they come with you? And she goes, oh, do we have any freedom groups? And I said, we have a freedom group starting tonight, you know? And so she said, you know, I really think that I could do that. If I could invite her to come... That's adding value to somebody's life, right? You're, you're, you're taking a look at what their life needs right now, speaking to the need that they feel inside their heart right now. And that could be a nice thing that you do for somebody, but it's getting them to living water. You know, whatever it is. I, I tried, I had an epic fail a couple weeks ago. I thought, you know, my, my neighbor, their, their grass is getting kind of high. And I, I mean, I just see that guy working all the time. I don't go out and mow his grass. He's, he's gone. I'm going I'm to be a good neighbor because I want to invite him to church. And so I go to Moe's grass, but there was a stick down in there to rip the belt off of my, <laughs> off my, my mower, and I'm not super handy. Anyhow, so I only got through a third of his grass. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is an epic fail. Um, but he probably thinks I don't know where the property line is or something like that. <laughs> but... I, I, I'm just looking, I'm looking for ways that I could just express the love of Jesus. Now I got to go back and have a conversation about why a third of his yard is mowed. But, but you're looking for something. You're doing something just to try and, you know, not come off overly churchy or whatever. Just something to be friendly, kind, recognize that there's a need, and then go meet that need. But then don't just meet the need Follow it up by inviting them to church. Because most people will say yes if they just, if they're just asked. Yeah, that's good. Uh, there's a statistic that when I was, uh, I did a, a business class in college and, uh, and part of sales, it, 
that he gave a statistic on the on uh, how often people say yes or no, even just like on an invitation, uh, something that doesn't really cost money, like just getting them there. And then obviously you know how sales go; they get you there for something free, and then they try to sell you and everything. Well, they said statistically speaking, it was like 65 percent. Uh, I think it was like 68. This may have changed. It's been a few years, but 68 uh, percent of people uh, will they don't want to say no. So they're always going to say yes. But as we talked about, uh, you know, do a, a, a bring invitation. You know, you may be able to invite them. They're going to say yes. Some people just say yes just to, just to shut us up. I've had it many times. <laughs> um, but but everywhere we go, everywhere we go, we should we should be talking about Jesus, talking about the church. I yesterday uh, we had the men's event, and then I I went um, uh, to. Here in Lapel, there was a uh, there's a brewery in Lapel that has a beer fest. Don't worry, I'm not saying anything. Uh, but but uh, I'm not I'm not uh, condoning uh, drunkenness or anything like that. But I, I went to this beer fest and and I was like I'm just gonna go talk to people about Jesus. And I think by the time I walked out, I was only there a couple hours. By the time I walked out, I talked to eight people about Jesus, invited all of them to church. Some of them I knew from high school or not. Some, and one, one guy, he was with his girlfriend, he said, I need to make it a priority. I need to make it a priority. I said, yeah, you probably should. But, but anywhere you go, it's going to the places like, like missionary, missionaries over here, like what you guys do. Like it, that, is, that is hard work. And we're here. We're blessed in America. Like, what do we honestly have to fear? Like, going into dangerous areas, like, and being able to share the gospel, being able to invite people to church. It doesn't matter if it's it's a place where you're like, well, Christian probably shouldn't be be here. Well, how else are we going to reach them if they're not going anywhere else? Where we're going to connect with them. We have to go there. We have to get uncomfortable, and we have to get out of our safe zone. Honestly, yeah. that's how I look at it. And sharing Christ really just has three parts to it. Right? And a lot of people, they've never done it before, so anything you've never done before is just intimidating. But here's, it's, it's, it's really pretty simple. Uh, the first thing we do when we're sharing Christ, we just share the problem. And the problem is a problem that all humanity has. We're lost without Jesus, right? Um, we, we, we're, we're separated from the Father, and we can't get to Him because of our sin. Right? So, so there's the problem. It started back in Eden. A lot of people will, will say, well, the, why did God let this happen? And you just turn around and go, God never wanted this to happen. This was never what God wanted. It's a result of us being able to choose. And, and to be honest, we all choose sin. And we would have done the same thing Adam and Eve did. Right? I, I think a lot of people like to blame women. It's not women's fault. Right? And it's, it's, it's humanity's fault. We all did it. So you just start off with the, the, the problem is we're separated from God and we need to be able to get back to him. Why don't you share the second thing of what you have to do? Well, part of, part of the problem is, is we find in Romans 3.22, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody, everybody sinned and everybody falls short. And Romans 6 says, for the wages of sin and death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the problem. The second piece is, what's the solution? What is the solution? Romans 8, 5, but, uh, 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is the solution to the problem, is Christ gave himself up, sacrificed himself, so that we could be free, so that we won't have to be bound by sin and slavery and bondage or anything any longer, so that we could be free, live in freedom, that which we find in Christ. And, and John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 
is the solution right here. How do we get to the Father? Only way is to Jesus. Only way. That's right. And when you get to, when, when you're able to spell, okay, here's the problem. Jesus is the solution to man's problem. Man couldn't fix their own problem. They needed help outside of, of mankind. So God becomes a man. When he becomes a man, that's Jesus Christ. He never sinned like we did, although he was tempted in every way that we were tempted. But he chose obedience to his father. And, and the whole reason was is because he, he didn't come to be a philosophical teacher. He came to give his life. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. It was his mission to come and die. He knew he was the Lamb of God. Come to take away our sins and pay for that price. So he is the solution, but lastly, you got to get a response. In sales, uh, a lot of times what happens is people will tell all about their product and how good their product is and, and, and tell you how it could really revolutionize your life and but a lot of salespeople are scared to say this final thing, and it's, hey, when do we install, right? What day should I come over and put it in? It, it's, it's, it's called closing the deal. And, and guys, we're not just selling something that we're trying to make money out of. We're selling the greatest, with the greatest answer to the misery of this world. We're, we're giving them Jesus. So you've got to give them an opportunity to say yes. And, and that just can be as, as much as, do you want to pray right now? Well, the first person I ever led to Christ, I was 15 years old. I got called in the ministry when I was 14. I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was 12. But at 15 years old, I was in our little church in the youth ministry. There was a girl there. Her name was Anna. She had recently got pregnant out of wedlock. She was 16 years old. And Anna, we're, we're having this using these same verses, we're talking about salvation. And Anna asked this question. She said, are you telling me that if I died without doing what you're telling me, I would go to hell? And I said, yes. Now, she burst into tears, burst into tears. And my youth leader, her name was Barb, and I'm, we're watching this, I was like, okay, well, we just stirred the pot. What did we do, you know? You got to do something to fix this. And so she said, Nathan, why don't you take Anna out into the kitchen? We were in the dining room. Take Anna out in the kitchen and um, lead her to Jesus. Paul, was I scared. <laughs> you know, like my heart's beating out of my chest. Like I've never done this before. I've been in church nine months before I was born. I've heard a lot of, you know, uh, the, the sinner's prayer. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, I hope I don't mess this up. And, and I'm, I'm out there and Anna's crying and I grab her hands and, and I can, I could remember her tears are falling off her nose and they're hitting my dress shoes and splattering. Right. And, and I'm like, oh God, help me. <laughs> you know, like, but I just started walking her through what I had heard, you know more than you think you do. You've sat in church. The Lord has helped you. He's given you, you, there's a lot more that's in your mind than you think, and it's in your heart. And, and in that moment of need, the Holy Spirit's there with you. And you know, stuff just started flowing out of my mouth. And, and as I'm telling her, I remember thinking, this warmth grew up in my heart. It was like this courage and I remember thinking to myself, 
I was born for this moment. Like, if I don't do another thing with my life, I will have accomplished this moment. God put me here to be the person. Now, I've never been high on drugs. I've never been drunk. I'm not saying that in any way to brag about that. I don't know what it's like to feel high in that way. But boy, is there a high when you lead somebody to Jesus. It's the greatest feeling in the world, and it's addictive, folks. You want to do it again. You're just like, I want to do it again. Give them an opportunity. Just say, would you like to pray a prayer with me? I can help you take that step of faith, and you can respond to Jesus right now. You will be shocked how many people will go, yeah, let's do it. You know, like they'll put their hands out, ready to go. No, that's good. Hey, Alex, would you be able to help me out, man? I, uh, there seems to be a glitch. Will you go to the slide that says the response for me, please? We got a couple of verses as we wrap up. But to, to uh, your story there, Pastor Nathan, all of you know my story. So there's no surprise when I say this, but the, the high of leading somebody to, to Jesus is way greater than any other high you can ever experience. And, and I, I share that from, not to be funny, but like uh, genuine, like complete honesty. That is 100% the truth. And I will do it over and over and over and over again until, until the Lord decides I'm no longer needed here on this earth. Because there is nothing greater than, than, that, uh, than that joy, that peace, that, that overflow. You watching people come, come and like things just clicking when you're leading people to Jesus. And they just, it just clicks to them. You see it in their eyes. You see it in their face. And it's just, it's, it's, it's beautiful. But John uh, chapter 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe, uh, even to those who believe in his name. And Romans 10 says this, actually says, But that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. Four. With the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. You have, like, there's, we are saved by grace through faith. It takes action on our part. We must have faith. We must choose to walk and step in faith. We don't, we don't always have all the answers right off the bat when we choose Jesus. But he will, over time, he reveals himself more and more, and we become, come to know him deeper and deeper. And we have a far greater love and a desire to, 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 to know him and to make him known. But it takes us professing with our mind, saying, Christ, you are Lord, and I receive you. I, you, 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 are, you are the ultimate authority over my life, and I receive that, and I declare that. And, and finally, my final verse, verse story today is in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him, and he with me. He's at the door. He's out the door. Some of you in here today, you maybe you are, maybe you are a product of somebody inviting you to church. You're, you're a product of somebody, uh, of somebody sharing Christ with you, sharing their church with you, uh, sharing the hope that they have. Maybe you're a product of that today. And, and I want to give you an opportunity because I believe there are people here in this house this morning that, that, that we want to give that opportunity to, 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 to say, yes, I, I choose you. I'm a step in faith. Lord, Christ, you, Jesus, you are Lord over my life. You are the ultimate Savior. You are a provider. You are my healer. And you are Lord of Lord and King of King of Kings. 
you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.